Hello, I'm Dr. Terry James Gingrass, and this is Dr. G's ADHD class, a show trying to make the world safe for ADHDers. Uh, I am a clinical psychologist and neuropsychologist um, with uh, about 40 years, uh, a little over 40 years of experience with ADHD before there was an ADHD. And um, I'm also the parent of an ADHD child, uh, maybe two. Uh, and I am uh, currently in private practice uh, with uh, a big coaching practice. I coach a lot of ADHD executives. Anyway, so I am also, uh, I, I have a postdoc in neuropsychology, but I also have one in what's called behavioral medicine. This is, you know, mind-body kinds of things. How your, how your mind affects your body. You can either make it very happy or, or a not-so-happy place to live. So um, one of the things we learn in that is um, a lot about biofeedback, relaxation training, and so on. And another thing, um, I have a bunch of years' experience working with uh, hypnosis. And... Um, I also have a bunch of years working with sports psychology, which is basically trying to keep your mind from screwing up your athletic performance. Uh, anyway, so what's that got to do with ADHD? Well, a whole bunch, actually. Uh, ADHD uh, is character, one of the things it's characterized by is what, what they call emotional dysregulation which is just a fancy way of saying they throw, have temper tantrums and let their emotions get control of them. Uh, and uh, another thing is, you know, most of the, most of the things that ADHD does to you, uh, if you will, how they interfere with performance can be affected somewhat positively, I mean, by knowing how to do relaxation training, okay? I'm going to start off, I'm going to do a few of these shows in a row, but the first one I'm going to talk about is what breathing focus relaxation training. And that's basically uh, ADHD that, I mean, <laughs> relaxation training that focuses on your breath. Okay, now, we don't think about it, but breathing basically controls all your emotional uh, feelings. Um, it's a, um, you think about every emotion as a breathing pattern. You know, if you hear somebody going, <laughs> you're pretty sure you've got anxiety. And if you're standing in line at a movie theater or something and you hear somebody behind you going, <laughs> you probably want to get out of the line and let him go ahead. <laughs> Maybe call a cop, I'm not sure. But you're, you're breathing uh, the way you breathe, uh, and in some school systems, in uh, Germany, the the Norway, uh, Norway, Finland, Sweden, uh, they teach uh, breathing uh, and you know breathing relaxation uh, stuff in school. Uh, in America, of course not. We don't do that. We're independent, ornery, uh, pioneer types. But breathing poorly, 
and that's just not knowing what you're doing. You know, like people, people do pretty well with breathing until they hit puberty, you know, and then they start worrying about how their tummy looks and if it's flat and all that stuff. So they don't let your, your belly do the natural things it does when you breathe normally, when you breathe diaph what's called diaphragmatically. And uh, that's how, why some people are more prone to anxiety and panic attacks uh, because their breathing patterns are way out of whack. The big thing you gotta worry about are in breathing, and I don't, <laughs> you should, you know, you should breathe normally, and it shouldn't be something you worry about a whole bunch, but the way the system is constructed, it's easier for you to exhale than it is inhale. Okay, and that's how come you can blow up a balloon. Uh, but there's a problem with that. If you don't regulate the exhalation, you will get hypoxic. That you will, you'll blow off too much oxygen and you can make yourself dizzy. I mean, you can do that in a heartbeat. If you, you know, take about three fast breaths. <laughs> you know, you start getting a little lightheaded and you know, even in just that, I started feeling, you know, ooh, the top of my head started to float off. Um, but that is what happens in spades uh, with, with the HD kids. And they, plus if they don't know what's going on, you get scared, you know, you, uh, have, you start having anxiety and you don't know why you're having anxiety uh, and you know you're close to a panic attack especially if you've ever had one uh, and you don't want that um, but basically the you know the problem is that ideally in an ideal breath your inhalation and your exhalation should be about the same length okay um, when you exhale too fast like I said you blow off too much oxygen and you get hypoxic um, so the ways that you can use breathing paying attention to your breathing to help relax are, well there are many first of all you ought to know how to do diaphragmatic breathing okay uh, if you're not sure, sure what the heck the diaphragm is okay basically it's a wall of muscles that separate your lungs uh, from your gut, from your abdomen, okay? And when you inhale, your, your uh, diaphragm relaxes and allows your lungs to suck in air. And then when you exhale, your diaphragm goes up and you exhale. Okay, now that's ideal. And if you notice people, singers, especially opera singers, uh, trained public speakers, uh, don't look at athletes. Most of them are, <laughs> they do really horrible things uh, in terms of uh, using their breath to control their anxiety level. Like, have you ever seen a, a, a in baseball, you know, a batter has a, 90 mile an hour fastball almost hit him in the head. He hits the ground, you know, and then when he gets up, the first thing he does is go, that ain't gonna do it. That isn't gonna help. That'll make you more anxious uh, than you probably already are, okay? The thing you want is that your exhalation is slow, as slow as your inhalation at least, okay? And maybe a little slower. One of the ways that people can relax 
using their breathing and focusing their attention on their breathing uh, is just there are a variety of counting things the different patterns but I'm impatient and I don't like having to count all my breaths so I, I rarely do that but if you think in terms of making sure your inhalation and your exhalation are the same length of time that is you're inhaling say to a count of four is one of the things that's frequently used you know it's and then exhale and as long as you keep that keep focusing on that knowing you're going to get bored with it and you're going to wander off and when you do you just bring your attention back to your breathing one two three four one two three four okay that's uh and you know there are other patterns you know there are four part patterns and um I have a feeling that if you're trying to use your uh, breathing to control anxiety, uh, the last thing you need to do is get your obsessive compulsive part of your mind in, involved. So I never teach or do the four part kind of thing. The other kind of things you can do with breathing is a, use more of a, a meditate, of a uh, mantra kind of thing, you know, that Basically, all that amounts to is saying the same word or thinking the same word um, as you're exhaling. And it uh, doesn't have to, it's nothing, uh, you know, I mean, I Maharishi Mahesh Yogi uh, made a lot of money in the 70s teaching this to, to the Beatles. Uh, but the basic idea, you don't have to have a special uh, word, you know, that's picked for you by a wise man. Uh, you can pick your own word uh, or short phrase. You can use a short phrase, but you know, everything <clears throat> you can just, you know, go love, love, gratitude, you know, some word that's, you know, not negative, kind of positive, you know, God is love, uh, I love my wife, uh, whatever. Honestly, it doesn't matter that much as long as you keep using the same one and don't keep changing it up. Use the same one every day. Um, and that, that's the mantra way of uh, working with, um, with your breathing exercises to make them relaxation exercises. Because all you're trying to do is get your brain focused or your mind focused on something that doesn't mean a whole lot or is not directed at any kind of problem that you're having. You don't want to, you want to get your mind off of the problems and just on uh, God is love or I love my wife or whatever. Okay, other things you can do are I like visualizations. You just and just imagine a relaxing scene. For most people, it's either the mountains or the ocean, uh, and then you just go through all the senses, everything you can see everything you can hear uh, everything you can feel you know all just go just go through them slowly and oh i can feel the sun on my shoulders and the top of my head I, uh, you know you feel the wind blowing against my skin and i hear the sound of the birds off in the distance i hear the sound of the wind and the pine trees uh so on you know, and it's just a calm description, no rushing, that sort of thing. 
The other thing to notice, especially if you're going to try to um, do this with your child, the quality of your voice is more important than the content. Okay? This has been researched a bunch of times, but basically, as long as you sound nice and calm, it doesn't really matter what you're talking about. Okay? So, you want your voice to be measured and calm, and your pace to be nice and slow. You know, it's very hard uh, to help anybody relax. If you're talking 90 miles an hour and your voice is all scratchy and high and all that sort of thing, you don't want that. You want a calm, relaxed voice and a good, nice, slow pace. And uh, as long as you're steady, if you make a mistake, you say the wrong word, just keep going. Don't even pay any attention to it. Don't apologize. Just keep going, okay? And you keep this up, you will be on stage doing <laughs> doing different. No, I'm kidding. You won't be. Uh, well, you could be if you want to, but voice control and uh, regulation of the quality of your voice uh, is something that we don't get trained about in school either. And that's why you have so many people with a real strange silent voice, you know, that's a little higher than it should be. And that's because that's they're trying to control it with their throat. Whereas you should be controlling your voice with your diaphragm. Okay? A diaphragm gives you a, a diaphragm type breath gives you a voice that's, that's calm, that's your natural uh, relaxed level of your voice. And, but if you're always you know, squeezing it up here in your throat, uh, it'll, sound, it, it'll sound strained and it'll make people uncomfortable. Although they probably won't tell you about that. Um, but I will say, for an, as a for instance, when I was in grad school, my uh, first supervisor uh, noticed that I tended to, uh, my voice cracked sometimes. I mean, I was almost 30 years old, but it, you know, and so we would do, he had, had all kinds of speech elocution lessons and sort of that stuff. Apparently his mother was a bit of a uh, devotee of, of that sort of thing. So what we would do in each supervision session was we would spend about 15, the first 15 minutes doing voice exercises, you know, and then, um, you know, I started uh, working on, on that a bit, doing, doing, doing a much better job of using my diaphragm to control my voice. Uh, and, you know, I, like I said, I've had over 40 years as a psychologist doing talk therapy primarily and a lot of hypnosis and relaxation training and I have never missed a day because of uh, laryngitis or sore throat or any of that stuff so this stuff works uh, if you try to control it with your with your throat your and vocal cords end up rubbing together and you get polyps and all sorts of stuff and uh, you get a lot of laryngitis Anyway, so probably more than you needed to know about uh, breathing focus relaxation training, but try it. It's try it yourself first, feel till you get comfortable with it, and then uh, introduce your kids to it. And, uh, you can do it individually or as a group or whatever. Just 
don't be self-conscious about it. Everybody does it. Every culture has a whole slew of uh, these kinds of exercises that they use to get mellow, get in the mood, get calmed down, whatever. So it's not a big deal. Um, and, you know, it'll help you as well. Okay. Um, as I said, I'm Dr. Terry James Gingrass. This is uh, Dr. G's ADHD chat, and we're trying to make the world safe for ADHDers. Basically, we need them. We know we need people who think outside the box, uh, who look at problems from unusual angles and come up with unique solutions. And so, um, ADHDers are important, and uh, we should take good care of them. Okay. Uh, let's see. My website is uh, terrygingrassphd.com. Uh, there are some signups there if you want. If you choose to uh, get on my mailing list, uh, there's a. I'm also. I said I'm a coach. Uh, you can uh, sign up. There are two ways you can do it. One is just to leave leave a message to me, and we'll get back with you. Uh, and the other is to, um, we have a Calendly, which is a, uh, one of those things that manages appointments, one of those pieces of software. And we're still working with it. We're still learning it. So I will get back with you when I know more about exactly how it works. But I think it's something to do with Calendly.com uh, backslash Dr. Jim Grass. And that gets you my schedule. The, the, the openings I've left. Uh, I, uh, anyway, so either way, or you know, just get in, call me in my office, and uh, we're like I said, I am semi-retired, so I don't go into the office every day anymore. Uh, and uh, but we will we will get with back with you within a week or so. All right. I will catch you next time.